If you want to know how bad things are, the price of Oreos is going to increase 7% because of inflation and supply issues. It's awful. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio is where you find me. The phone number, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. That's the number. That's what you want to be a part of. Now, the Associated Press has called the New Jersey governor's race for Phil Murphy. However, that may not be the best call. Jack Cittarelli, who is the Republican, who nobody was talking about, just so just so we're clear, nobody was talking about this race. I actually said, did I say this here or did I say it on the morning show? That if Jack Cittarelli won, wins in, in New Jersey, I'd buy everybody ice cream. Was that here on my morning show? I, I don't remember. Yeah, but I'll still do it. I'll buy everybody ice cream. I mean, it's just, there was just no way. Nobody was talking about the race. And then the next thing you know, he's ahead and it's tied. It's ahead, it's tied. He's down, it's tied. Well, they're calling it after two days for Phil Murphy, the Democrat. But it's a little too close to call. As uh, Chitterelli's uh, press people are pointing out, the candidates are separated by a fraction of a percent, which is true. 2.4 million ballots were cast. The Secretary of State of New Jersey doesn't even know how many ballots are left to be counted. Well, they're they're making, I think, a, a solid point. A very solid point, which is this wasn't necessary. The New Jersey race is closer than the Virginia race. And the Virginia race could have been called two hours before it was. It didn't make sense that it wasn't called until 1 a.m. Really, really not. Because you take a look at the counties where some of these votes were going to come in from. And you realize, well, there's just no way within the makeup of those counties for this to be made up. That isn't true in the race in New Jersey. That's not true. In the race in New Jersey, there are opportunities. There are opportunities for Murphy to increase the lead when you take a look at some of those northern counties. But there are still places like Monmouth County, a place I grew up, by the way, where where Chitterelli, the Republican, is in the lead and there's still votes to count. And when you're dealing with, a, I think at, at last count, it was like 21,000 was the spread. That's surmountable based on the, the, the demographics. That is surmountable. So no need to call it. But I think people are very much like, oh, if it's a Democrat, call it quick. If it's a Republican, you just wait your time out. Just wait your time until you assemble all the votes you need. That's a very caustic view. A very, very caustic view, but it is still it it it, it is still there. We've been talking about what's going on with uh these spending bills. And it's really important because we're starting to get a look at how maddening this all is. Like we're hearing that Speaker Pelosi still won't do the infrastructure bill. She wants them both or none. Just in case you were wondering how radical Nancy Pelosi is. Phil Kirpin points out that when you take a look at some of this, 
there is a section 138.516, payroll credit for compensation of local news journalists. In general, it reads, in the case of an eligible local news journalist employer, there shall be allowed as a credit against the taxes imposed by section 3111B for each calendar quarter an amount equal to the applicable percentage of wages paid by such employer to local news journalists for such calendar quarter. Meaning they're going to look at raising taxes, payroll taxes. But if you have a news organization with up to 1,500 employees, they give you a pass. Not your bar, not your production facility, the journalists get a pass. Now this comes back to a conversation we were having earlier about the nicotine and about how you have uh, Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, saying, I'm not in favor of, of of a nicotine tax, but the left, the progressives, to pay for their social spending bill, is very much in favor, very, very much in favor of a nicotine tax. Well, not only is that happening, which is, as as I have described it, a, a tax on the poor, and it is a tax on the poor, the Build Back Better bill talks about taxing vaping manufacturers a tax increase that would be, according to the American Vapor Manufacturers Association, upwards of 500%. I am somebody who doesn't think that vaping should ever be targeted to kids. But I find it offensive when they say, like they did in Oregon, a a county outside of Portland, well, we're going to put an end to flavored uh, vape. Why? If grandma wants a flavored vape, why am I getting in the way of this conversation? Amanda Wheeler is the president of the American Vapor Manufacturers uh, Association because there's an association for everything. And they have an entire world that they're trying to represent of people who are in business and growing their business and are constantly under attack because people have decided that's a good business to go get some money from. And if they go out of business, well, you never liked them anyway. Amanda Wheeler joins us right now. The tax increase on you all, right? I pay attention to the cigar side. I I host a, a cigar and bourbon show called Eat, Drink, Smoke. We're on 70 stations across the country. I talk to and give advice to cigar uh, associations around the country. You guys are facing the big one, 500%. Why this constant attack on the vape industry? Hi, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's a, it's an egregious tax. You know, it's an easy thing to take a shot at because the left has done a phenomenal job of creating a narrative uh, that these products are targeted at the youth when we know for a fact that's not the case. There are 15 million adults in the United States taxpayers who use these products every day to stay off of cigarettes and it's it's just an easy target they're taking a cheap shot and clearly they didn't see the news of what happened in virginia the other day well they they have not 
decided to moderate a, a, a position. But before we get into really where these taxes are and how they affect retailers and how they affect business owners, let's get into that marketing conversation. Because in the cigar world, we often face that same thing that, oh, you're, you're seeing a rise in kids smoking cigars, not premium cigars, not something that on average costs $15. Kids, if a group of 17-year-olds walked into a cigar lounge, they would be immediately thrown out of the cigar lounge. But what is it that the vape people are doing to discourage kids and are there what are the rules that you guys have set in place to actively prevent selling to kids yeah absolutely so um what you don't hear very often in the media is that in the last two years youth use of vapor products has gone down almost 60 percent because uh we took very serious measures across the board uh, to put controls in place to make sure these products aren't falling into the hands of youth. I myself, I own six retail stores in Arizona and Colorado and Oklahoma, and we card every customer that walks in our door. There's an ID swipe required for every transaction. Uh, many products now that are coming out have track and trace technology uh, where you can verify that they were purchased by an adult. You can trace them back to the retailer that they were purchased at if they end up in the hands of a minor uh, many, many companies have updated their marketing practices and changed their labeling uh, to make, you know, to avoid any kind of possibility that it might be appealing to kids. Um, on and on. We've all um, seen the age increase to 21 to purchase these products made a significant difference. Um, high school kids aren't getting them from, you know, seniors who were 18 years old and able to purchase them. So as an industry, we've taken many, many steps. And I think those have borne a lot of fruit because, as I said, we've seen that youth use gone, go down nearly 60%, which is just a huge change in a very short amount of time. Talking to Amanda Wheeler, president of the American Vapor Manufacturers Association, this tax increase and upwards of 500% on some products. So, so work it through with me. What are the products that will be getting the tax increase? And then explain to me how it affects the small business owner like yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So the previous iteration of this tax that we saw a few weeks ago um, also included a tax on all tobacco products. Um, the tax on cigarettes would have been doubled. The tax on cigars, as you know, would have increased dramatically. Um, and the new version that just came out yesterday uh, only taxes vape and then uh, oral nicotine pouches, which a lot of people use uh, to quit chewing tobacco. And so what they're targeting now are, are two products that are solely intended to get people off of, off of traditional tobacco products that are very cancerous, contain many toxins. Um, and so it's, it's this perverse situation where Congress is trying to disincentivize the American public from quitting tobacco by taxing these alternatives at an outrageous rate. Um, as you mentioned, for example, I, I will put this in, in really uh, practical figures here. There products that I sell in my stores for $30, right, $30 retail price. Under this new house proposal, the tax on that, that $30 product would be $60. So what we're talking about is a customer having to pay $90 for something that they previously paid $30 for. And so the effect to small businesses it cannot be overstated. Um, our consumers aren't going to absorb those kinds of taxes. They're not taxes that we as businesses can absorb. And so the end result is you're going to drive about 2.75 million Americans back to smoking. About 14,000 independent businesses around the country are going to be run out of business because it's a draconian tax scheme. So when 
so you see a product like that, and you're going to talk about a $60 tax that would go to the consumer. The consumer won't pay it. You can't absorb it. So the answer is you don't sell the product, and the answer is you go out of business. That That's, that's clearly it here. So they who look at these taxes, they know that they're not going to see the dollars from it. They're simply going to see these people go out of business. So is that as you and the, the association uh, sees it, the American uh, Vapor Manufacturers Association, is this really a, a, a guise as a way to get you out of business because they just hate you? Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a guise for prohibition, right? It's 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 prohibition under uh, kinder, softer terms of, of taxation. Um, but absolutely, it, it is a hundred percent this attempt to get rid of a product that they don't like. Um, smokers in this country have been demonized for years, and now they are demonizing the smokers who are trying to quit, and the very businesses that have been helping millions of smokers quit for the past ten years in America. So what what is the move? I mean, what is the move uh, when when this happens? Are there any members of Congress who are on your side? Because it, it's it's a hard thing to be on on the side of. And I, and I see people when we talk about what's going on with FDA regulation of cigars. It should be a no brainer to separate cigars from cigarettes. But yet a lot of people don't want to do it. Who's on your side here, and how do you convince them? Absolutely. Well, I do think that, you know, we do have allies that are looking at this rationally. There are, you know, as you know, this is tied up in a much broader nationwide conversation. There are moderates in the Senate that that clearly see this um, as a tax on the poor. Obviously, 95 percent of people who would be paying this tax are making under $400,000 a year. So it it violates that pledge not to tax those under $400,000. And I think those moderate Democrat senators are really taking exception uh, to that violation of that pledge. And I don't think they're going to stand for it, among many other problems in the bill. Amanda Wheeler, uh, she is a president of the American Vapor Manufacturers uh, Association. And so we're clear, uh, vaping is not marijuana. Vaping is not hemp. Vaping is not any of those uh, types of things as people may uh, create categories. Uh, we're, we're, we're in a completely different realm here, correct? Yeah, absolutely. We're talking about nicotine vaping, uh, products people use to quit smoking traditional cigarettes. Amanda Wheeler, American Vapor Manufacturers Association. I appreciate you taking the time. We've got more to get to. I'm Tony Katz.